Hello and welcome to El Vanilo, episode 6, the podcast that looks at some of the greatest albums of all time and looks at the history and the context around it as well as, as well as just having a lot of fun along the way as well. I am joined by Adam. Adam, how are you doing today? Are you doing all right? Hi there, not too bad. Thank you. You okay? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. I'm very good. And we also have our resident jazz expert no pressure grace with us hi grace how are you i'm good thanks amazing amazing it's so good to have you here and no pressure but we've just talked you up quite a lot already <laughs> expert was the word you expert. expert yeah resident jazz expert so there we go guys I, I thought like we've been starting this episode by talking about like what we've been doing in lockdown um and you know, I'm, I don't know about you, but I've got too much time on my hands. Uh, and so I watched this week, which I'd love to share with you guys, Martin Scorsese's documentary about George Harrison uh, called Living in a Material World. And this is amazing. Have either of you ever watched it before? No, no, I, I haven't. As the pair of you know, we have different opinions on the Beatles. We do, we do. I, d I don't know how you got on this podcast with that differing opinion, to be honest. I don't know how we're still friends. You just remembered <laughs> how you actually feel about me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I was thinking, we talk about the Beatles that much that we should start a drinking game that every time the Beatles is mentioned, we have a drink. I'm so up for this. Like, I might just start it on my own. There's not enough liquor. Even <laughs> just every time Adam brings up John Lennon. Every minute of every day. But he's a person. He's a person worth bringing up. Yeah. He's a conversation piece. He's... And what I find funny is, is this week we're talking about a jazz album, but we still started with a Beatles thing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna keep going. So and anyway, it's, but... it's not the last that they'll be mentioned either. It's <laughs> I can tell you now straight away. <laughs> and so I'm buzzing. Uh, I'm buzzing about that. I really enjoyed that documentary. I got three hours in and realised, oh, I've watched this before. <laughs> 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 i was like waiting for this big plot twist and i was like oh no i've seen this exact documentary but it was really enjoyable so i definitely recommend if you haven't seen that uh adam what did you do this week that was is worth sharing worth telling the world about um, i'll tell you what i did um i delved into the world of um animal crossing so i don't know that you've been on this it's big on twitter it's basically sims but for kids i think with animals involved basically the plot of it is it's a game on the nintendo switch and you basically live on a deserted island and you live with these walking talking bipedal animals it's really it's it's really good it's very relaxing it's calmed me right down good right right down and um yeah you just while away the the days um has it calmed you down that much that you'd even consider tommy by the who as a good album i mean <laughs> That just angers me that album. So it, it's it. That's the you know what? Tell me the album is the yeah. anti Animal Crossing. It just oh. gets you riled up. <laughs> I'm angry now. You've done it. It's too late. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, and what about you, Grace? What have you done this week that has brought joy to your life? I um, I actually I bought Tommy Igos. I don't know if you know who Tommy Igo is. Um, he's a drummer. Okay. And um, he has loads of great books. Uh, they're all really good. You should get them, even if you're not a drummer. Become one. Come on. And um, he does this lifetime warm-up, which is all about just getting 
better chaps, as we like to say, you know. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> this um, no, but it's really good. And I forced Adam to buy a new practice pad. I saw that. Because I, I got one when lockdown started, because I wholeheartedly believed that I would come out of this as some kind of god of drumming. Come on. <laughs> Which, as it transpires, is not going too well. <laughs> <laughs> but the lifetime warm up um, is great, and I recommend if you're if you're listening, you're a drummer. Go that and get it. Great. It's, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if you know Grace, but I am a drummer, so I oh. I definitely I, I'm not a drummer. <laughs> I just like to claim <laughs> that I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm always going on about how good I am at drums, but I'm actually pretty terrible. So mm, I wouldn't say terrible. Great average at best Mm. amazing amazing so some admin to sort out from this past week and a few of them have got to do with uh, just my mistakes and things so in last week's podcast we didn't say whether tommy was going to go into our hall of fame now i think it was pretty obvious that it wasn't going into my top 10 albums um adam is it going into yours Top ten worst albums of all time. Yes, absolutely. Come on, it reaches reaches number one. Yeah, I actually um, thought of a phrase: yeah. "Get in the bin" for this album. I was like, "That is the epitome for this album." Get in the bin in the sea. It just it's. I see. I'm angry again. I can't. Okay. I can't help it. This album. Can play Animal Crossing. So it yeah. doesn't make it. And I don't know what happened at the end of last week's episode, but I started calling. I'm going to get this wrong again, but Lennon Stella, Stella Lennon. Mm, yeah or the other way around i was just getting all confused and so you may have listened thank you to taria barnes who uh who let me know that i did that quite a lot of times and so i appreciated i mean i even did it the next day when me and adam were talking about it as well so there you go and we've had loads of feedback uh you know our dad listened not our, like all three of our dads because i mean we're not i mean related. we don't know our, our collective father <laughs> well, me and adam are related <laughs> and our dad um he called me out for saying keith moon was as good a drummer as ginger baker um do you have any thoughts as a drummer grace um i i have thoughts but i also love your dad so <laughs> do you agree with me that so I said that Keith Moon is as good as Ginger Baker. No. Just we, have the, the we have different views on German. Both of us are the Mango Star. Wow. Let's just say that. Wow. Oh. I mean, that's not... Sorry, Ringo. Let's not start. No, let's not start. <laughs> uh, and a big shout out to Dan Latham and Dave Hayes, who both got in touch to say they were listening this week. And, you know, it, when I find out that people are listening, it just blesses uh, mm. me to hear that. And we actually today hit over 500 uh, listens. Incredible. And I couldn't believe it. I thought I didn't think anyone would ever want to listen to this. So uh, mm. we just love doing it. But it's great to have people listening. So thank you so Congrats, much. Congrats, guys. Tarpal, tarpal. Uh, so this album, Bitches Brew, if nothing else, a pretty cool title. We'll yeah. start there. I'm pretty into that. Um, and it was, it came out in 1970. And so, Adam, tell us some history about 1970. Uh, yeah, so 1970, obviously, start of a new decade. 
60s are all done and dusted. Forget about them. Uh, so some key music events that happened in 1970. Uh, we're going to start with the band, the Beatles, obviously. Uh, they officially drink. Dis- drink there you go. They officially disband as Paul McCartney announces that he's leaving the band. Um, and their final album, Let It Be, uh, is released in May. Um, so, yeah, that's the end, truly the end of an era um, with the Beatles finally disbanded. I don't think they officially... Paul, Paul leaves in in May or in April, but they don't officially break up until December, which I, I find quite weird. But yeah. there we go. Um, also, so last week we talked about a lot of rock and roll concerts and a lot of live music events that happened. Um, but this year, 1970, starts or, or shows us the largest ever rock festival, which is held on the Isle of Wight, with 600,000 people attending. That's a, that's a lot of bodies. That's a lot <laughs> of bodies. Lot of bodies. And they, that's and a they funny go, way to say it. I, I thought that's the best way to describe it. Um, and they go to see acts such as Jimi Hendrix and, of course, The Who play. Um, also, sadly, in this year, both Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin pass away um, from different drug overdoses, both at the age of 27. And both only like a couple of months apart from each other. Wow. I think Jimi Hendrix was in September. I think Janis Joplin was either in October or November. Um, so, again, two... Very young, very talented people lost. Um, and also Simon and Garfunkel released their final album, which is Bridge Over Troubled Water, which is an incredible song. Um, absolutely belted. Johnny Cash does a version of that in one of his final albums, which is one of the most beautiful versions ever. Um, so that's kind of what happened in music. Um, some other key events that happened in 1970, the Apollo 13 mission to the moon accident. We talked again last week about uh, the moon missions um so this was apollo 13 which was not successful and this is the first time we hear the famous line houston we have a problem which we all love and also later on ron howard would direct a film starring tom hanks which is a very good film um 1995 i think it won a few oscars brilliant never seen that you've never seen apollo 13 oh mate have you grace i i haven't no i'm ashamed to say but no we watched it in (laughs) We watched it in drama in school, in high school, and it was it was honestly great. Um, so I would fully recommend Apollo thirteen. Um, I don't know what the musical score like, just to bring it back to music is like. But, uh, I don't know, but the acting's really good. I think Kevin Bacon's in it as well. Oh, I think we all look, it, Kevin a, Bacon's great. Not a bacon eater. Not a fan of the bacon. We're kosher over here. That's not a fan of the. That's bacon. what his fans are called, aren't they? Bacon eaters. I thought that was a burger in America. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, some other other uh, events in 1970 the first Boeing 747 flight I believe that was a Pan Am flight uh, the first flight of Concorde <laughs> which is incredible I'm not entirely sure um, and then some famous people born um, Chavo Guerrero Jr nephew oh, to nice. Eddie Guerrero the fam- famous wrestler Naomi Campbell and Tina Fey Amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I don't know. I don't know what made me laugh, and it was just the way you said it. There was nothing funny about it. I don't, really... Flight of the Concords. I think that's what you were laughing at. Oh, I see. I didn't first get the recorded refer- Flight of the Concords. Sorry, I didn't understand the reference, so I just like was totally bemused by what you were doing. Oh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and some notable music that came out. So let it be. We've already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Drink. I have to get do it again. Uh, ABC. And I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. 
Incredible. Come on. And War by Edwin Starr. Classic. What is it good for? What is it good for? <laughs> Come on. Definitely so, yeah, not. so absolutely banging year for music. Um, and this starts, as Adam said, a new decade. And so we're looking at this famous album, Bitches Broom, and it'll be no surprise that me and Adam are not. Uh, I mean, Grace, you're here for a reason. We, <laughs> It would be a very short episode if we were just to talk about um, Miles Davis. But I wondered if you could give us a bit of a background to him. Yeah. Um, so... Um, he is a jazz musician. He plays a trumpet. He's a trumpeter. Um, how's that called? Uh, and a very, very good, very talented uh, player, very talented jazz musician. Um, and so, I mean, the album that we're talking about, Bitches Brew, is um, his 46th album. So he is, wow. at, at this point where he releases this album, he is a very, very established musician. Um, he knows what he's doing. And yeah, I think his, his first album came out in 1951. Jazz was um, around the time leading up to, um, yeah, sort of in the early days of his music. Jazz was um, popular for like the, the swing. I mean, there's, there's so many different types of jazz. There's swing, there's, there's big band, there's bebop or bop or hard bop there's literally so, so, so many types of jazz smooth jazz um all, all sorts of jazz and um just um before um he brought out this album um was a transition from this popular sort of swing jazz um and mainly at first into this bop jazz or bebop mm-hmm um style of jazz which really was this this big heavy focus on like really fast tempos like quick transitions between different chords key changes like how many chord changes can we get in like 0.3 seconds and that'll define if we're a great jazz player or something like that (laughs) um but um miles davis decided that that wasn't it He's actually got quite disillusioned by that genre, hasn't he? Like, it, it's it's quite a an annoying... It's just, like... I, I mean, there's a phrase for it about a guitar player who shreds all the time, um, which I'm not going to use. Um, but that's what... It's kind of like that, isn't it? Like, it's not really musical. It's just... It's, it's almost sort of showboating, you know, how many licks can I get in? How how good does this sound? How, how quick am I? Mm-hmm. All sorts. Um, so, he... Um, gets almost sort of fixated, almost sort of obsessed with this, uh, with modal jazz, um, which is, I mean, we could go into the the sort of theory, the complex theory behind uh, modal jazz, but really all it is is, is this sort of very much stripped back um, jazz that creates a lot of open space where you can have a lot of improvisation going on and things. Um, and so when you listen to Bitches Brew, you can see that it is incredibly stripped mm. back, incredibly free. And it just, it gives, the point of it is to give musicians that sort of freedom to improvise, mm. um, that sort of freedom of expression within the music that uh, Miles Davis really, really latched onto, really. 
So the chord changes, like there's a lot less chord changes, aren't there? There's a lot less direction uh, in modal jazz. And I, I actually thought of, so I've been working on, I've just got a new guitar teacher. So I've been working on my mode. He said, you have to learn every mode of every key. It's like a flipping neck man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so, but I remember doing this in college. And so I thought it would be helpful just to show the difference because they're the same notes, but they're basically in a different order aren't they? And that's the way it works. So we're going to like superimpose them over the top of here. But I have like the Ionian scale and the Phrygian scale. And so C and E, which will work in the same key. And so this is the Ionian, uh, C Ionian. We all know that well. We all know that well. And this is the E Phrygian. So they're the same notes, but because of the order of them, that's what kind of gives it its different flavor, its different feel, like you said. And so that's kind of, I mean, that's the basic of modes, isn't it? But it's like a fusion of the chords and the scales together rather than just this. I mean, it, it sounds absolutely manic what they were doing um, before this. Just absolutely crazy. I, I didn't listen to any of that stuff, but I'm not sure I wanted to, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. and it's very, it's very much more open ended because, um, I mean, so to, to get into the nitty grit, gritty of it, I suppose the the chords that you'll see a lot of in um, this modal music will be quartal chords. Mm -hmm. So whereas you know typically you'd have a chord constructed of intervals of thirds, these are intervals of fourths, and so you've not really got that um, root note. Um, within the chord um, and there's not really a feel to return to, to resolve the chord so to speak um, quartal chords are more sort of similar to suspended chords they're a bit ambiguous they can go on for long periods of time mm -hmm. uh, which you'll hear when you listen to to Bitches Brew and, and yeah. those tracks it's it's not all these these you know chord after chord it's like one sort of suspended chord that doesn't really have to go anywhere and that's where the freedom comes within mm -hmm. modal jazz that there isn't this pressure to end a phrase in a certain way because you feel that this chord needs to be resolved now etc it's very mm -hmm. open-ended and yeah pretty ambiguous and so kind of blue his is his album where he's got rid of that and we're now in modal jazz yeah that? he's like transitioning into into modal jazz there and Bitches Brew just becomes sort of the, the epitome of just sort of the very extreme that he takes it to. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they are different, very different albums. Yeah, well, they're 10 um, years apart, aren't they? Like, there's, yes. a, big, there's a big gap he, between them. Yeah, he really gets this big fixation on modal jazz and how far can he stretch it Amazing. into this, yeah, open-ended. Yeah, yeah interpretation of jazz amazing amazing so good so good and he I, I mean i've done a lot of when i when i was in college we did a lot of jazz so i did music at college and my teachers were so stuck up man they were so like they were the worst people and they would talk about um kind of blue a lot but i never wanted to listen to it because of their attitudes their attitude was terrible and when i went back and listened i was like if they just gave me the album 
and then like bitches brew as well i'd have loved it i think i'd have been well into it um but they were just so stuck up and i hated it um but he like i think even miles davis would be like fed up of them because they're looking back at this album and they're just stuck in it like nothing is better than it but he moves from kind of bloom and like you said that this album is so different to that and then when you get into the 80s he's bringing out like funk records he's bringing out um like proper soul and r&b records um, and he's collaborating with l lots of different people at this time he wants to collaborate with Jimi hendrix which unfortunately he never got to do uh, adam something really interesting about this album is that he was actually influenced by sly and the family stone i know so when we were talking about a few weeks ago like oh like it did a lot for music but i'm not sure what it did like actually the biggest jazz guy was like who's like an innovator was like that's what i want my album to sound like and we did say it was like a great album at the time but there was a lack of you know focus on it and i think there's a lot of focus on this album but i mean we will get into that anyway we'll get into that uh and so around this time miles davis has just got married uh he's got a a new wife it only lasts a year but in that year his new wife, Bessie, introduces him to loads of new fashions, loads of new music. He's listening to rock music. He's listening to a lot of soul stuff. And like I said, he is heavily influenced by like Jimi Hendrix. Uh, and he's heavily influenced by Sly from Sly and the Family Stone. And so we've heard that like Dylan went electric in the 60s and that was a big deal. And the folk uh people said that he like sold out and that he was judas and all this stuff but but here um you know miles davis goes electric and he goes electric on the album before and here he is um just absolutely i mean the band lineup is crazy so there are three electric pianos all playing at the same time two drummers one in the right ear one in the left ear uh, there's an electric guitar, which is a new thing. John McLaughlin, who um, is talked about as like the greatest guitarist of all time, the greatest guitarist alive is what Jeff Beck called him. Uh, there's two basses, one electric and one double bass. A, a bass clarinet, which sounds amazing on this album, sounds so good. Um, a sax, congas. It's quite busy sometimes, this album, to say the least. But... It's like an all-star cast. I was listening to a podcast on it, and they said, like, it's kind of like the NBA. If there was the NBA all-stars, which I guess, like, if I'm not into basketball, so I didn't really care about that reference. But I thought about it, like, if if Barcelona in 2008 and Pep is in charge, but they've also got Ronaldo, and they've also got Kevin De Bruyne, and they've, I don't know, I can't even think of who else. Like, that's what this album is. It's all of the greatest put together even if they're not usually part of that genre and so it's a really interesting album and i found myself really uh, getting into it getting into it so let's let's talk about the album and let's talk about some things that uh stood out for us or what it sounded like it's gonna be hard for us to do track by track because i mean the first 40 minutes is just two tracks um and it's actually a double album, so then it goes on to the next side. But every song, I mean, there's some shorter songs, but there's definitely some longer songs. But Adam, did you? What did you think of this album? And what did you? What stood out for you? 
Yeah, so I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of hoping it was going to be a nice, smooth jazz, brilliant, wonderful saxophones, and then it wasn't. Um, so the first first track kicks off, which I think is called Pharaoh's Dance. Um, and I just noticed that it's it seemed to be this great example of kind of how, how to layer sounds, and it just builds and builds and builds. Um, and then it got to what I thought was the end of the song. I looked down, and there was actually 14 minutes left, and that was after <laughs> six minutes, and I was like, oh. It's another one of these ones. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just it was interesting. So as a drummer as well, I was mainly listening out for the drums. And I just noticed how how kind of intense and how not busy the drums were, but they were constant. So obviously it makes sense that there were two drummers, like one on the left, one on the right, but just the, the ride and the hi-hat constantly going, which I think is a key flavor for jazz, that there's a, a constant kind of rhythm and, and, and beat going. But I was just really, really impressed. And it was... It was just brilliant. I did get a quote. I looked at a quote from the one of the drummers, which was D- Jack Dijonet, probably saying that wrong, um, about the kind of thought processes behind the album and the kind of experimentation. And he said, he's quoted as saying, as the music was being played and as it was developing, Miles would get new ideas. He'd do a take and stop, and then he'd get an idea from what had just gone on before and elaborate on it. And the recording of Bitches Brew was a stream of creative musical energy. I, you kind of get that sense of it does like something will happen and then it'll move on like two minutes later, but then eight minutes later, cause the songs are just that long. It'll go back to that and kind of elaborate. And it does. Yeah. It's, it really is a, a, a flowing, a flowing album. Um, yeah, just busy. And as you mentioned about the uh, two basses and also a, a bass clarinet, that, stuck out to me as well i don't know whether my headphones were a bit bit rubbish because they're not the best but i did notice how very low end the mix was there's a lot of rumbling in it quite a bit, few times and we talk about how on, on the sly in the family stone album um how sometimes they'd be like overdubs over overdubs and it would give it that unique sound with this obviously there's not that overdub over over and over overdub that's difficult to say but there's instrument over instrument and all kind of occupying the same frequencies. And so it does give that that muddiness, but they know what they're doing. So, it, yeah, it, it didn't turn me into a jazz fan, this album, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm going to listen to every single experimental jazz artist from from here to Kingdom Come. Um, but it was certainly it was certainly interesting. It was something different, something I'd never really listened to. Um, and certainly opened my eyes to, to the possibilities of not everything has to be a a smooth jazz ballad there are there are other ways to take it which i found was dead interesting really good really good grace what are some of your highlights from this album oh i just this album this album took me on a journey let's Come say because i i love jazz i mean I, i'm a saxophone player myself so i've you know played jazz all, all my life since i was young and i have such an appreciation of any jazz musician and this this kind of jazz in particular that where it is so expressive and it is so like you're all just it's a it's a group of musicians together just playing bouncing off each other no one really knows where it's going to go but it's going to go somewhere and they're just kind of responding to each other playing together and I I respect that so much I love that so much and I think what stood out for me the most in this is that whether you knew that the people on this album were good or not, whether you knew their names or not, you can hear in the way they're playing, every single one of them has 
so much musicality and is such an incredible player on their own. And you can feel the energy that would have been in the room while they were playing together. You can feel that it was just like these people just messing around, just having fun, just playing together and just just yeah. making music. And I just, I love that. Amazing. So I love that jazz. So good. And I, I listened on my good headphones. I think it's important to listen to this album on really good speakers or headphones like because there are bits that you miss and in the quiet bits you can hear Miles Davis like like shouting I mean he he had like is it uh, clicking and stuff yeah he's like clicking away and he had like uh surgery on his voice and uh, he was told to stop talk not talk for 10 days and then he got in an argument right and he basically damaged his voice forever um, and so if you listen to it interview, it's almost like he's whispering, but it's very high pitched as well. And it's kind of like in a weird, he's got a, a weird voice, <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> and so, but you can hear him like giving demands. And I, I thought it was really cool. And one of the interviews I heard was like, he would give you the chords and you would write them on like a scrap piece of paper. And then as you were playing them, he didn't mind what you played, um, but sometimes he would say, play anything you want, but don't play the F or don't play the tonic or don't play. And so there was just a freedom to go with. And he'd tell you like what he's, what he wants it to sound like. Uh, just an amazing band leader. And I, I think like his pursuit of music is just amazing. Like I, I saw this uh, quote that like his wife was really upset because he wasn't even looking after his son anymore because he just cared about music that much and i'm not sure i want to care about music that much but i did have you know like in my life in my context like i do a bit of like music directing and like his pursuit for perfect music and then like his dissatisfaction for not moving forward was something that i was like i'm really into this i'm really into it for me a spanish key was a great song just a just amazing something that's to note as well like like one minute 40 in, there's like a, almost like a straight cut and they go on to something else. And this album is like, is one of the first jazz albums that does post-production and does like, there's like delays and reverbs on the trumpet at times. But he, they recorded sections at a time rather than like whole songs at a time. And then they would like splice them all up and put them all in different places so the way that they're recorded here isn't the way that they sound in the room. In fact, some of the parts are completely new parts put together. It's just crazy, absolutely crazy. But that wasn't a thing that you did back then. It wasn't a thing that you did in jazz. This is very experimental and has led the way for a lot of different sounds and a lot of different ways of doing things. I don't know if you'd ever heard like a delay like that on the trumpet. I don't I don't know. I, I need to listen back. But uh to all the albums from 1960s jazz. <laughs> uh, but I I thought it was a brilliant album, a brilliant album. And I actually like, it actually got me into Miles Davis and I could picture myself on the beach in Rio. Right, this is a bit crazy. Wow. On the beach in Rio, like listening to this album, that's what it sounded like to me. It sounded so summery. It sounded so cool. I was like, I'm going to, in my life, I'm going to go to Rio. And I'm going to listen to this album while I'm walking down the beach. So, um, well, I mean, whether that ever happens, we'll wait and see. Speak it into existence. Come, Come on. on. Come on, we're speaking <laughs> it. That's it. And so th this album's great. 
absolutely great. Uh, but it's one that you have to spend time with. I'm not sure it's a it's a very easy listen. I think that's part of what Adam's saying with his like smooth jazz kind of feel. Uh, but but Miles Davis here wants to show you that he doesn't even care about the term jazz. He just cares about music. Like he doesn't want to be put in a box. I had I read this uh, interview where he said like only white people talk about jazz, but we talk about music. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I kind of got it. I was like, he's all about music, and he's all about good music, um, and you know what he can do with it. So I was very inspired by it. I was very inspired. Little thing about what you what you said just before about how you listen to it on your good headphones and you think this album needs to be listened to on good speakers. Do you think, question to both of you, do you think that that in a way is a form of, of gatekeeping? Like, you know how some people like your your college teachers wear about jazz being like, oh, it's the best music, everything else is just noise. Should music be that way? Should it be kind of, you know, selective and and, and a bit gatekeeping-y? I can't, mm. I can't think of words, but you know what I mean? Like, where you can only listen to it and you're missing the point completely if you don't have mm. these expensive speakers and, and a good turntable oh, or to play it on should music be that way or should it be more accessible for everyone that's a good question let's get political yeah that's it <laughs> i i think the thing is it, it's an attitude thing isn't it so oh, i don't know so i don't think miles davis has that opinion but i but maybe i i shared a bit of that opinion there but i think like i i don't know there's a lot of dumbed down crap as well though isn't there do you know what i mean like we need some kind of but I don't need to listen to the Chainsmokers anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, just absolute terrible music. I, I don't need to listen. I was trying to pick an, an album for a couple of weeks' time when we're doing the podcast for us to listen to. I was like, this stuff's all rubbish. Like, it doesn't even compare to what we're listening to. So, I mean, it's not all rubbish, but I don't know. You have, like, like a, I don't know what the stat is, but there was a stat that came out this week that, like, 80% of music is all listened to in mono now because it's all just on phones. And so they're not even good speakers. They're not in stereo anymore. You know, you could go to the other extreme and be like an absolute audiophile where you've got these great speakers or you're in 5.1 or whatever and it's like a film or whatever. But I I just think, I think there's got to be room for all of it, hasn't there? But um yeah, it's not, it's not the easiest album to listen to. Would you agree with that, Grace? Or yeah, I think I think actually the first time I listened to it, I I, I actually wasn't that much of a fan. Right. I think because of the music that I had listened to of Miles Davis, you know, going from um, so much of you know, I love this music like so what I love and I love Milestones, and then I think I had that in my head when I started to listen to this album and so when the first song my first dance came on I was just like <laughs> okay so had you listened to this album before we were doing this no so ah oh, so it was a new experience yeah exactly some jazz so... expert you are tell you I what I know <laughs> so is I <laughs> um, but yeah but it is so different to what everything that he's done before yeah and so I think I, I guess I had that in my head and I was like oh well this is garbage <laughs> but I know as I've listened to it more and more I actually I actually love it but funnily enough I know you before were saying that you love Spanish Key yeah it's actually my least favorite on this album stop it I'm so sorry 
I think it's the most. But, it is. but I only. Do you know why I think it's my favorite? It's it's because it's the one I can understand the most. Like oh. it's just got this beat that I understand. It's not okay. I, so it speaks I, to you. No, I mean not like that, not like spiritually, but like, <laughs> like, just like literally, like it kind of has like what a band sounds like in my head. Like I could understand mm. it that way. But yeah. what what is your favorite song then, Grace? <sighs> Share the wisdom. So I, I don't know if I have like one solid favorite. Um, I feel like actually the so the first three so Fairest Dance, Pictures, Broom, Spanish Key, for me. Like Ferris Dance, it's it's okay. I don't mind it. Um, but Adam, like you were saying, it it sort of goes in this waves and it it starts off fairly low, fairly mellow. It builds and builds and builds and builds. Hmm. It drops out again. It builds and builds, but it goes through these sort of ways. Um, so I don't mind it. Um, but Bitches Brew got worse for me, and the Spanish key got got worse again. Wow. I'm so sorry. Already oh, so sorry. Um, but then. All the next, literally the entire rest of the album, I don't even know if I could pick a favourite. I love Great Expectations. It makes, I know it sounds weird, you say you can imagine yourself on a beach. When I listen to Great Expectations, right. I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a spy film. Is that weird? Is that on the extended version? I don't even have that version up in front of me. Oh, sorry, it is. It's on the extended <sighs> you're, version. You're going deep cuts for I'm, us. Well, come on. The, this jazz expert has to listen to the I know. extended You know what? You showed us up right there because we're not even on the extended version. Oh, so really, you have no business having Spanish Key as your favourite. <laughs> because there's about listened. 12 other songs that you have. <laughs> but that's not the original version that came out though, is it? I'm a no, pure, it's not. I'm a purist, Grace. I'm a purist. To, to be fair. Amazing. Um, but, but that's okay. But, so what's that yeah. song called? Great um, Expectations. Great Expectations. Amazing. I'm going to go away and listen to it. Absolutely. Great. And that's your favourite. And you're welcome in advance. Yeah. How oh, long? Wow. So this album is already an hour and 15 or something like that. How how long is the extended? Um. So it's, the extended is 21 songs in total and it lasts for four and a half hours. Did you oh, listen to all of it this week? I'm not going to lie. No, I didn't. So I know <laughs> I just called you out. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? If you'd have said, yeah, I did and just... Flagged it, we'd have been so impressed. How the turns. We turned so many times then because I was like, wow, Grace really is it expert. She spent four hours on this. Oh, no, she didn't. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, hey, I listen to more of it than you. So, <laughs> fair on. enough. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I look, I really do enjoy this album. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, it opened my mind. And you know what? I keep putting it on. I keep putting this album on. And even after this, I think I'm going to stick it on. And see, now, isn't that the mark of a great album? The fact you can go back to it and not get bored. Yeah. I, 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 I would agree with that. Yeah. But I think it's a moment, right? Anyone who loves jazz, check yourself. What's your mm. attitude like? Right. <laughs> and so maybe I need to sort my attitude out. But are, are you helping people find out about this music? Or are you being a snob about it? That's what I want to know. We all know those people, don't we? That is like, jazz is the one. Jazz is number one. Everything else, nah. And they, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Grace, you're putting your hand up there. Exactly. So, you and know. And you know what, right? My, I know exactly what you mean. Miles doesn't even agree with you. Miles, Miles is like, come on. What the hell is jazz? You white people, get out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, I know. I do agree. And I think as much as I wholeheartedly believe that 
the best musicians are jazz musicians. Oh my goodness. What? Come on now. Oh. Come on. Come on. Wow. That is a strong. Have you heard statement. Ringo Starr's drumming? No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm oh, going to be controversial, man. right? But I wholeheartedly believe that in today's music, Things like hip hop. Oh yeah, today's music. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to be that much. You don't even have to be a musician these days no. to release songs and albums and become famous musicians. Yeah. You don't even have to be good at all. But that... this kind of music requires it requires so much musicality and so much skill, and so much knowledge of music. It does. And so, yeah, you don't need to categorize it as jazz or whatever. This can just be like. We're gonna end up going off. We're going to end up going off on a, a tangent here, but I would argue, Grace, that great music isn't just about great musicianship, but it's about making people experience great things. And so so something like It's Been a Hard Day's Night, let's take that, like that drumming may not be great, but people can go, yeah, it has been a flipping hard day's night. And I have been sleeping like a dog. And you know what? That drum beat is really helping me out right now. You know what I mean? And so sod off, jazz, whatever. Like, you know what? I'm really into the Beatles. You know, I don't know. Like, that's just a, a thing for you. Like, it's about the amount of people that experience and find joy from it. I think what I would, if, if I was someone producing an album, I want to take people with me on, on whatever journey I've been on making this album, whatever that looks like, whether it's a journey of heartache of a journey of love, a journey of anger, whatever you want to take people on a journey. So if you, I think if you succeed in taking people with you, I think you've got a, a winning album. It doesn't matter how far up the charts it gets. It doesn't matter how, how many on. prizes you win. I, I think, I think that's what it's art, isn't it? It's a bit of everything, isn't it? Some people look at Picasso's paintings and think, well, that's just a bunch of lines and a bunch of colours. It's ridiculous. Jackson mm. Pollock, it's just a bunch of diarrhoea on a canvas. However, a lot of people look at it and go, that moves me. That brings me on a journey. <laughs> it it is. Have you seen it, a Jackson Pollock painting? No, I haven't. Mate. It moves me and it moves my bar. That's what I was It moves me and it moves about. my bar. <laughs> Grim. But this is, this is what art is, isn't it? It's a bit divisive, but it's meant to, to take you on a journey. And I think that's the measure of, of good art. So, like, you might not like jazz, but if you can listen to this one album and it and it moves you a little bit, stares you a little bit and mm. takes you on a bit of a journey, I think it's it's done its purpose. That's true. That's good, that. And I think, you know, I've enjoyed this album. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and it's it's moved me, not in the same way as a... Moved your bars. <laughs> Not my bars. <laughs> so we've kind of just said that like all music that is out at the moment is rubbish and crap. Uh, but I think what we meant is like all music that's top of the charts, like is quite dumbed down and not that interesting. Whereas the album we're going to talk about now, What Kind of Music by Tom Mish and Yusef Deas, uh, is an amazing kind of uh, cross genre it's got those jazz influences it's got like hip-hop and um yeah r&b feels soul afro beats all these great kind of feels to it and so um and that came out this uh, year and tommy's is a guitarist and producer and yusuf days is a drummer 
And so uh, they've got together and they basically have started these jams and they've turned into songs and that's what this album is and it's really strong. And so some of the things that were great for me was the title track was really strong on this album. I really enjoyed it. What did other people think of it? Grace, what did you think of this album? Um, I actually really enjoyed this album, which I didn't think I would. I think I didn't want to because after I had fallen in love with Bitches Brew, I, I had decided that was going to be my favourite out of the two already. But actually, no, I, I actually really liked it. Um, which one was my favourite? I think Lift Off mm. um, is my favourite out of them all. But they were all actually really, really strong. I don't think there was one, actually, that I listened to and I was like, oh, Amazing. I wouldn't listen to that again. I'd, I'd listen to the whole thing again. Great. Come on. What did you think, Adam? Yeah, loved it. Um, that That opening track... That intro, I was a bit, I was wondering what was going on, and it took me a couple of seconds to realize they're tuning up like a tom, and that's why you can hear the key cranking. As it, and I thought, I don't think anyone's really ever done that. It's it, brilliant, brilliant little opener, um, and it, it sets the tone because obviously, um, the collaborating at Yusuf, I'm gonna get Senior wrong, De- Deus, yeah, mm, yeah, he's obviously a drummer, so it sets the scene. Obviously, it makes, makes sense from a kind of storytelling point of view. I thought the drums on this were outstanding. Super tight, great grooves. A lot of it reminded me of a lot of Anderson Pack and the stuff that he does. Um, oh, yeah. Because obviously Anderson, Anderson Pack plays drums as well. Um, so that kind of hip hop, but also influenced by, by the soul and jazz and, and everything. Really good. Uh, other kind of standout track for me was Night Rider. Um, just great chorus, great fun. Really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, this one, this one was a good one. Nice, nice. And and what we do is we play like a little game of would you rather, would you rather keep the Miles Davis album, uh, Bitches Broom, or would you rather keep what kind of music? Um, And, you know, when I asked Grace to do this podcast, she said, I will fight you over Miles Davis. (laughs) She said, (laughs) I will defend him no matter what. And so, Grace, is it it true that you're going to keep Bitches Brew? over what kind of music or do you actually think mm, there's something about this album that seems it isn't your favorite miles davis album of all time what do you think i honestly because i knew that this bit was coming up this has troubled my soul i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i <laughs> i milled over this every time but i honestly i would have to I think I'd have to bin off Miles Davis at this one. Stop it. I mean, honestly. Wow. What about Conviction Grace? Stick to your guns. (laughs) (laughs) Any other Miles Davis album would be the winner any time, but this one. Sorry, Miles. It was great, but... It was great. You're not breaking up with him. Yeah. You're letting him down at the end of the day. It was great. It's it was great while it lasted. It's me, Miles. You're too experimental in your music for me. So. <laughs> Amazing. But Amazing. No, it's a great album. Great album. So good. And the drumming is sick on it as three drummers all together. We can all agree. We can yeah. all agree. <laughs> <laughs> the drumming on this album is really good, isn't it? Really amazing. Mm. And the guitar playing, man. Mm. So it's good. all just really good. Yeah. Vocals are really strong on it as well. I don't, I don't know good. whether I'm assuming it's Tom Mish himself who's who's singing. Um so. he's got a great, great strong voice. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. 
and he does all kinds of different music and like every album is a little bit different me and adam do this gig every year where at the beginning of the gig they they have a a, a vicar who is a dj it's pretty cool right very good and he he's the best dj he's so sick um but he puts on tom mish every every year uh, i'm so sad we won't be doing that this year i don't know it's so really sad. Sad. Don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we just like have a little dance away have a great time and Every time we're like, wow, this is a banger. Who is it? You know, normally Tom Mish is involved. and But that sounds really, some of that stuff sounds like house music and really different to this. So he's an amazing uh, musician. Adam, which album are you keeping? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping um, What Kind of Music, Tom Mish. Okay. Um, wasn't really that difficult for me because I'm just, maybe as I get older, I'll become a, a jazz man. Um, but no, for, for now, I'm sticking with, Stick with the modern stuff. Amazing. In my pure, like, I don't even understand jazz. I was like, when you said, when I'll become a jazz man, I imagined you, like, walking around just scatting everywhere like a little <laughs> scat man. I, I, I envision myself becoming, like, Bleeding Gums Murphy from The come Simpsons. On. Yeah, and just, on. You know, it'd be great. It's a bit weird that he spends a lot of time with a young girl, isn't it, though? Don't want to make it dark. Hey. Hey, that's jazz. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't defile jazz. Yeah, maybe not. Guys, I want to tell you that I am keeping the Miles Davis album. Wait. I've been truly inspired by it. I've been listening to it loads. I've been practicing. I've been practicing my scales and my modes like off the back of this. So good. Yeah, I've really been inspired by it. So um, I did like the Tommy album, but it's got nothing on. The Miles Davis album for me, but that that's strong, isn't it? I mean, it's not. It's often the case that we pick the older album because we just think it's great and it, you know, what it's done. But you guys have thought, you know, you've you've got a strong case there for why, you know. And I guess maybe it's just easier to listen to. Yeah, it's a bit more for me. It's more palatable, definitely. More palatable, brilliant. And so, if you were to rate this album out of five what rating would you give it so we'll start with Adam. um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with a three so we're talk- sorry i didn't make that clear but we're talking about the miles davis bitches brew yeah. album oh i'll go with a three yeah, yeah you're going for three yeah, yeah. A, a generous three but a three <laughs> a generous three i feel like i'm in kind there but it is it is it is a good album and you gotta kind of look into the musicality of it it is good right okay grace what would you rate this album out of five i'm gonna say a a 3.5 wow and i know i said i loved it but i'm not gonna pretend it's the best thing i've ever heard i loved it but yeah okay but only 0.5 loved it you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) interesting guys i'm giving this a 4.5 Oh yeah, I'm. I'm honestly like, this has inspired me so much. This album. I, I just that. now re- you're the in-house jazz expert. Well, I didn't want to say anything. Really, I've just put that <laughs> so I can take your title, so we don't have to have you on again. That's all it is. <laughs> you could just publicly. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Um, but yeah, I I've given it a four point five. I really enjoyed it. So there we go. And what about our Hall of Fame? Um, Grace, I mean, you haven't um, done this other weeks because you haven't been here, but I guess this doesn't make your top. If you were to pick 10 albums of all time, this isn't making it, is it? 
No, not no, not of all time. Is any Miles Davis getting into that list? Oh, right. Possibly. You know, obviously it's not an actual Miles Davis album, but Spotify, the yeah. best of Miles Davis. That playlist. They are not wrong. That is the they best. They are not wrong. Um, maybe Miles... Miles... I'm going to have to do a lot of cutting of you just trying to work out whether you are or not. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm going to say Milestone. It's, okay. it's, my, it's my top. It's going in. Yeah. Amazing. Adam, is this going into your top 10? It is not. It is not. No, nah, it, it doesn't. Um, I mean, it's it's good, but no. Um, not really a jazz no. fan, are you? That, it just, I mean, it neither of us are, to be fair. No, I it doesn't it doesn't always grab me jazz. Um, yeah. Apart from that one scene in in Anchorman where Ron Burgundy plays the jazz flute, that grabs me. That music that is, is good. That one going to Tino's, absolutely. Come on, amazing. You know my favorite scene of Anchorman. We're just gonna mm. go off and we're gonna talk about it. Oh, when he kicks the dog into the river, <laughs> I love that scene so much. Great. I've I'm never seen Anchorman. Anchorman oh, Grace, come on, it's gotta happen. It's so good. Yes. Don't waste your time with the second one, in my opinion. But I the first the one, one too. I didn't mind it, but you know, sequel. Adam, which is better, Anchorman or Apollo Thirteen? Mm, I mean, Ooh. both groundbreaking in their genres. Um, well, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think Anchorman wins it just because Anchorman uh, is probably one of the most quotable films. I spent a lot of my teenage years quoting it, um, just at my friend. Um, so yeah, that one definitely. definitely What's your favorite on. Anchorman quote? Um, I mean, there's there's the classic milk was a bad choice. Um, <laughs> I'm in a glass cage of emotion. That's a good They're one. great ones. Um, I'm not being mean, Ron, but I don't think God wants her to live. That's a great one. Um, <laughs> a lot of them are unquotable on this podcast, but just it's yeah. Amazing. Where's it? Six sixty percent of the time, it works every time. That oh, one. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Genius. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. This could be a Paul Rudd podcast because I've got a lot to say about Paul Rudd. Big I'd fan. I've got a Paul Rudd fact. Go on. He doesn't like condiments. <laughs> really? Yeah. He has everything dry. Oh, that is... No. He's got he, doesn't like mayonnaise. he doesn't like ketchup. He doesn't like any of it. You know what? When someone is just a bit too perfect, you know that they've got some skeletons in the closet. That is his. Everyone's flawed. Everyone is flawed. Everyone is. All right. have fallen short. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I want to tell you guys, right... We're talking about Hall of Fame albums, not Anchorman. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but guys, this is going into my Hall of Fame. Wow. Wow. Is this the first one for you? No, it's my second. Second, I sorry. Put, yeah. I put uh, the freewheeling on Bob Dylan. Yes, you did. And this is my, this album. I think it's changed my life. I'm going to go that big. <laughs> I I haven't stopped listening to Miles Davis since. I've been listening to Tutu. Have you ever heard that album, Grace? Yes brilliant album brilliant album and he's got like uh, marcus miller playing bass on it oh my goodness just such a good album um and so this is cha- this has changed my opinion and so you know i'm putting it in there i'm a bit worried that i've got only got eight to go and we're yeah you on. are filling up quick yeah we're but... still in the 90s <laughs> just <laughs> I, yeah i mean yeah i'm going for it I, I wasn't sure whether i was going to or not but but i literally do I love it that much. 
Amazing. So we have reached the end of the episode and it's been great to have you with us. Grace, thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. Will you thank come you. will you come again? I definitely will. Maybe next time I'll be a rap expert. Uh, I mean, we're probably gonna stick to you being the jazz expert for that. <laughs> you can't a new just... expert every week. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> just put a different accent on each time so we can differentiate you. <laughs> Amazing. But it's been so great to have you. So thank you so much for Absolutely. taking time out and Absolutely. talking us through it and giving us a bit of a, a history lesson and a bit of a bio on uh, Miles. It's been so great, so helpful. Um, and I'm glad you'll come back again. I don't need you as our hip-hop arti- um, <laughs> artist. You can be an artist, not even a... <laughs> just give me a different title every day so funny so funny uh so thank you so much for listening everybody why don't you uh, subscribe to the podcast um we would love just to to listen along to these albums with you you can uh follow us on instagram at lvinilo um my personal handle is matt courtney music adam yours is adam courtney 95 amazing and Grace, do you want people to know yours? Um, sh- yeah, sure. Great. Do you know what your Instagram handle is? I was just about to say, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is Grace underscore Salmon. Unders- it, it is Grace underscore Salmon. Brilliant. And Salmon has guess. three A's in. Guess it's where the A's go. Yeah. But where, yeah, where do the A's go? The There's three of them, guys. So uh, try and figure it out. Amazing. You can also send us an email at lvinilopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on this album, on any other. Uh, what do you think of Anchorman? You know, we've gone there. Why don't we? Sure. sure. Why don't we have some feedback? Do you eat condiments? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite condiment? Tell us. Well, I want to know. If it's not mayonnaise, we've got issues. That's all I'm saying. Guys, Adam has mayonnaise on everything. Everything. This, it, yeah, absolutely. Oh it's my the weirdest food eater. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and end this episode. <laughs> well, Matt, do you want to tell us what we'll be listening to Yeah, next I would week? love to. I would love to. So next week, we are listening to 40 Greatest Hits by Hank Williams. Oh, I love a bit of Hank Williams. Come on, oh I knew this would get Adam excited. Oh. Uh, so that's pretty good. And so it's a compilation. It's our first compilation album that we'll be listening to. Incredible. Um, and that's it. And you know what? We are going to listen to Petals of Armour by Hayley Williams from mm. Paramore. And so yeah. it's going to be the Battle of the Williams. My way. Come on. <laughs> and not Serena or Venus. Incredible. Oh, that was my joke. I forgot about it. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was going to make a big joke about it. Oh, well, <laughs> at least we got it in there. Thank goodness. <laughs> Save Waveland. Save Waveland. It's good. It's good. That's because we've all got the same dads, guys. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So thank you so much for listening. It's been great to spend time with you. Thank you so much. If you've listened this far, I mean, good job because... We, yeah, this is nearly as long as uh, Bitches Brew, the uh, extended edition. So, (laughs) but yeah, but thank you so much. And we look forward to uh, listening along with you next week. See you soon. Take care.